Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Are You Ready for Some Football? Right here on Movement Radio. I'm Talon Williams. I am Chip Hazard. Shout out to our good friend Roger Sierra. Um, hopefully he'll be back with us soon. Um, before we get into the week um, this week, we uh, did get some sad news. Uh, this past week, our good friend Jimmy Rave had passed away at the age of 39 years old. Um, Jimmy has, um, you know, he's he had a lot of uh, health problems, a lot of complications, and, uh, you know, just wanted to say, you know, wherever you are in this universe, Jimmy, we love you and we miss you, man, and hopefully we'll see you again one day. Chip, anything you want to say? Man, I I, I said it on Facebook and and on Twitter. I I I really have no words. Jimmy was, uh, Jimmy was my big brother. Uh, he was a mentor, and uh, and uh, Jimbo, I love you, and uh, I'll see you on the other side. Amen. That being said, ladies and gentlemen, we start. Sorry that we kicked it off like that, but you know what? It's I'll I'll just say this, man. Tell people you love them while they're here, man. Give them their flowers while they're here, man. Because, you know, there's one thing I've learned about this world and this life. Death is real and it's random. And you don't know when it's coming for you. So always, you know, love one another. You know, make sure you, you know, take care of one another. And again, thoughts and prayers go out to the family of James Guthrie, a.k.a. Jimmy Rave. That being said, let's kick it off with week 14 review here on the show um we're gonna kick it off with the thursday nighter between the steelers and the vikings um a game that did have a little bit of some con- not 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 controversy but more of a bonehead uh deal toward the end of the game um but we'll go ahead and we'll kick it off we we'll hit you guys with the statistics uh we'll start off with the minnesota vikings Kirk cousins had uh 216 yards two touchdowns and two interceptions dalvin cook ran all over the field um 27 carries, 205 yards, and two touchdowns. I mean, he just made mincemeat out of the Pittsburgh uh, defense. Um, K.J. Osborne, three receptions with eight for 83 yards and a touchdown. Justin Jefferson, seven for 79 and a touchdown as well. Um, you know, Michael Pierce with the forced fumble in this game. Um, Rashad Breeland with a uh, interception, ran back for 18 yards. Um, Eric uh, he, and also, uh, Breland also had uh, eight total tackles. Eric Hendricks had 11 total tackles, a sack, and two ta- and, a, and a tackle for a loss. Xavier Woods, not King Xavier Woods, but Xavier Woods, seven uh, tackles total and a tackle for a loss. Harrison Smith with a sack. Sheldon Richardson with a sack. Michael Pierce with a sack. Uh, Armin Watts with a sack. Just the, the Minnesota defense definitely came to play in this game. Man, I'm surprised Ben Roethlisberger held up the way that he did. Speaking of Ben Man, Roethlisberger, that, go ahead. I was, I was going to say, watching that game, it was like, and you get a sack, and you get a sack, and you get a sack, and you get a sack. Everybody gets a sack. Everybody going to get a sack. Everybody get a sack. Now, man, poor Ben Roethlisberger, man. Um, it was it was a very, very, very intense uh, game for them. And, but they did try to pull off the comeback. So Ben Roethlisberger, 308 yards, three touchdowns, and had the interception. Uh, Najee Harris ran all over the field, also 94 yards and a touchdown. Um, Chase Claypool, even though he did have eight receptions and 93 yards total, no touchdowns. James Washington had 65 yards and a touchdown. Um, Pat Frymouth with uh, 32 yards and a touchdown. Najee Harris also kicked in a 10-yard touchdown as well. Um, And Akilo Witherspoon with two interceptions in this game. Uh, really stepped up on the defense. Um, Joe Sherber, Sherbayer, I'm sorry, uh, was the leading tackler with seven total tackles in this game. Zero sacks by the Pittsburgh 
defense in this game. A couple of tackles for losses, but no sacks to speak of. Um, you know, they ended up playing the ball six times in this game, which was, was very uncharacteristic. But a lot of people, you know, the, the game itself was a very good game. It looked like Pittsburgh was going to make the comeback toward the end. And I think most people are thinking of the uh, the one play toward the end, you know, you know, where, where Chase Claypool makes the, makes the catch, and instead of immediately getting up, handling, handing the ball to the, the referee and getting back, you know, get ready for the next play, because I believe they were in the hurry up, um, he decided he was going to take his time, point, first down, all that good stuff, and take his time, you know, not knowing that, hey, the defense can halt, you know, play if the clock's still going, you know, you're in hurry up position. Hey, you better hurry up and get the ball to the to the to the players. And it was ten. It was a. It was a. It was ten seconds that was wasted by this decision for Claypool to hold on to the ball when he didn't really need to. Um, now I'm going to chalk that up as you know he's a, he's a young player in the league and he made a young player in the league mistake. How did you feel about the game overall and especially the last ten seconds of the game? Uh, so there's there's no reason that. Pittsburgh should have been as close as they were at the end. Yes. Um, I mean, the game started off and it was uh, Minnesota the whole way. Uh, I mean, they just dominated them uh, up until, what was it, like the third quarter? Yeah, it was uh, 23 to nothing at the half. Right. Uh, and then Pittsburgh decided, Hey, um, shit, we we're supposed to play a game. <laughs> uh, right. And, and we kind of need to win this. Uh, and then they come back and score. Um, what was, I think it was Minnesota scored 26 unanswered. And then, um, Pittsburgh came back and scored like twenty three unanswered. It was yeah. just insane. Well, they had well they had the touchdown in the third, and then I think Minnesota kicked the field goal after that. Yeah, because it was touchdown, field goal, touchdown, touchdown, field goal, field goal, and then the Steelers got three in a row, and then the uh, uh, they, uh, the the Vikings got that touchdown, and then they had a touchdown, but they had only forty and only. And it, Took him forty four seconds to get that touchdown, but they left a lot of time on the clock. Um, yeah, because it was uh, so the the Steelers were uh, scoreless through the first half. They scored one touchdown in the third quarter, and then three touchdowns in the uh, fourth quarter. Right. Um, but but again, there was there was no reason that they should have been as close as they were to this and then you got Chase Claypool who yes he's he's young and he's he's a, a good receiver but he makes this bonehead decision like look man like you, you don't always have to you know uh taunt or or whatnot like I, and I'm okay with this stuff like if you want to you know do your little TikTok dance and pose and all that stuff, fine. But make sure you do it in the right places. Yeah, well, that definitely wasn't the right place because they were still down in this game. You know what I mean? They would have had to had 
they would have had to have gotten a touchdown. That 10 seconds wasted could have been a chance for them to get a touchdown, possibly a two-point conversion, and send this thing into overtime. And it didn't right. happen that way. Um, no. But you know what? You know, stupid kids make stupid mistakes. I'm not calling them a stupid kid. I'm just saying, you know, it, it was a, it was, de- I won't, it was definitely a lack of, a lack of judgment, if you will, in that particular right. situation. Yeah, it was definitely a lack of judgment. That being said, let's move forward to the next set of games, the Sunday games, and we're going to kick it off with the Cowboys and the Washington football team. Cowboys won 27 to 20, making them nine and four on the year. Um, this game was really not that much of a game for the first half. I mean, the Cowboys came out and just, I mean, 24 unanswered points. It's 24 to nothing going into the second half. It was crazy. Um, but let me hit you guys with the statistic. Dak Prescott, 200, 211 yards, one touchdown, and two interceptions. So you're like, ah, man, that wasn't really that good of a game. Um, you know, and Ezekiel Elliott, Corey Clement, uh, you know, uh, between – Elliot Clement, Dak Prescott, C.D. Lamb, and Jaquan Hardy—they all ran for 122 yards total in this game. Uh, no interceptions, unfortunately, for any of them. But C.D. Lamb was their leading uh, receiver at 61. Michael Gallup had 60. Amari Cooper had 51 in a touchdown. Um, the defense were the ones who stepped up because Randy Gregory had a forced fumble. Jordan Lewis had a forced fumble. Mika Parsons had a forced fumble. Randy Gregory also had an interception that he ran back. That was also um, them running back a fumble for a touchdown. Mika Parsons, a lot of people have already said, yeah, Mika Parsons is already submitting himself as defensive rookie of the year. Three total tackles in this game, but he had two sacks, tackle for a loss, also had that forced fumble. Um, and uh, Demarcus Lawrence also, you know, with a sack and two tackles for a loss in this game as well. Jordan Lewis being their leading tackler with six total tackles in this game. Um and Greg Zerlin, you know, four for four on field goals in this game. So he definitely earned his paycheck this week. Um, and then you look at Washington, Taylor Heineke, 122 for a touchdown and an interception. Uh, Kyle Allen even came in for a little while with 53 yards. Did, did, did Taylor Heineke go down with an injury? Did he? Did they just pull him? I don't know. I didn't watch that part of the game. Um, but Kyle Allen did come in through 53 yards. Um, Antonio Gibson, not a good game. 36 yards on the ground rushing. Uh, Jarrett Pattinson with 30, with a 29 yards rushing. Uh, Jonathan Williams, 16 yards rushing and a touchdown. Uh, Cam Sims, 69 yards receiving and a touchdown. Adam Humphreys, 34 and a touchdown. Like they tried their best to try to, you know, get, you know, good quality yardage. But it didn't happen. Taylor Heineke, Kyle Allen, and Antonio Gibbons, all three lost a fumble in this game. Now, Landon Collins and Cole uh, Holcomb did do the best that they can. Cole Holcomb actually had a 31-yard interception return uh, in this game. And uh, William Jackson had to t- had a, uh, led the team in tackles with seven. Landon Collins also put two sacks on the board. Jonathan Allen had a sack. Darren Payne had a sack. Um, but Tressway punted the ball seven times in this game. Like that seven empty possessions for your offense. Like that was that was bad. Um, so uh, how do you oh, feel and, about this? Game? Ta- go ahead. I was going to say first of all to answer your question, uh, Taylor Heineke did go down with an injury. Um, he he was scheduled on Monday to have an MRI on his knee. Um, I, I haven't seen any information about what. Um, what the outcome of that um, 
that MRI was. Uh, they're optimistic that he'll be able to start week 15 against the Eagles. Um, but we don't know. Um, right. So, so that game is, it's a big question mark for me. Uh, and we'll talk about that when we get to uh, our week 15 predictions. Uh, and, and I'll explain some things as to why I think certain things are going to happen, but we'll get there when we get there. Um, right. I thought, I thought this was a really good game. Uh, it was one of those, um hard fought games you know what i mean right uh it was like, almost like dallas had to win this one well not necessarily a statement win but like one to kind of like give them a little bit of cushion in the nfc east right <sighs> excuse me i'm sorry now you go um, so yeah uh it uh Sorry, I lost my train of thought. I <laughs> all um, no, this this was one of those games that it, it was uh, both teams, you know, looked looked pretty good. Um, you know, it started out all all Dallas, uh, and then you know Washington kind of got their their feet under them, and uh, you know started to make that comeback, right? Uh, and, until uh, Taylor or uh, till Heineke went down, um, and then you know Allen comes in, and obviously we we know he's not you know a great um quarterback. Yeah, uh, <laughs> right. I was I was just looking at his stats. They're they're not they're not good. Yeah, hey, he's uh, no Nathan Peterman, but <laughs> well, that's that's true, dude. Off, off, uh, sidebar. Uh, did you know Nathan Peterman has the worst overall rating in the history of any active player in Madden twenty two? His I overall mean, rating is a twelve. Okay, but what's his? Uh, that I, that might be better than his real life rating. <laughs> Oh Lord. Yeah. Um, one quick fact about this game before we move on. Uh Mika Parsons, and the reason why I say I think he's making his definitely staking his case for a defensive rookie of the year. Mika Parsons has nine point five sacks over his last six games, more than Chase Young, Nick Boza, and Darius Leonard had in their entire rookie seasons. Right. So yeah, so Mika Parsons is definitely probably going to end up winning defensive rookie of the year. And there's even some people who are going way out on the limb, Skip Bayless, who say he might even win defensive player of the year. But let's let, let, let's, let's let this kid have a full year in the league before you start giving him too much praise. I know you're Cowboys fan, Skip, but come on, let, let, let's be realistic. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, this was another one of those games kind of like that, um, the, the Steelers Vikings game, you know, where the Steelers had no business being in it at the end. Right. Washington had no business being in it at the end. Uh, right. You know, the Cowboys scored 18 in the first six in the second. Uh, and going into halftime, Washington hadn't scored at all. Right. You Man. know, and then we come back from halftime. Dallas only scores three. Yeah. Well, for the rest of the game. <laughs> Funny thing about that, though, is that, like, Minnesota had a big league and then Pittsburgh came back. Dallas had a big league and then uh, Washington tried to come back. This next game we're going to talk about, 
Tennessee had a lead and they didn't let anybody come back. The Tennessee right. Titans faced the Jacksonville Jaguars and the and they just it was a shutout, twenty to nothing. The Tennessee Titans ran them over. I'm gonna go ahead and start with Tennessee stats first because I think they're more, you know, um, better. Uh, Ryan Tannehill only threw 491 yards, no touchdowns, but no interceptions. Um, uh, Deontay Foreman ran for 47 yards and a touchdown. Ryan Tannehill did have a 29 yard uh, rushing uh, yard, 29 rushing yards uh, and a touchdown as well. Um, uh, Jeff Swim, Swam, I want to say that's how it's pronounced, um, had 45 yards. He was the leading receiver. Julio had a good outing with 33 yards. Um, you know, um, Charles, uh, now Chester Rogers did have the fumble, but he did get picked up. Buster Scrime, uh, uh, Javon Brown, Rashawn Evans, and and Christian Fulton, all four with interceptions in this game. Buster uh, Scrime ran ran one of them back for 17 yards. Um, And he also had, you know, four total tackles in this game, which he did lead. Uh, Danico Audrey with a sack. uh, Harold Landry with a sack. Derek Roberson with a sack. Just they ate up this team, man. And then you move on to the Jaguars, and oh my God. Trevor Lawrence, 221 yards and four interceptions in this game. Four. Between James Robinson, Carlos Hyde, and Trevor Lawrence, they had a total of eight rushing yards in the game. That's it. Eight rushing yards in the game. Uh, Marvin Jones was the leading receiver at 70 yards. Uh, Laquan Treadwell with 68. Um, uh, LaVasca, uh, Chavolt Jr. I think I was, I think I know, no, I'm not pronouncing that correctly. And I apologize. 34 yards receiving James O'Shaughnessy, 21 yards receiving. Now the defense did decent. I mean, Damon Wilson had 10 total tackles in a sack. Miles Jack had 10 total tackles. Um, Roy Robertson Harris had a sack. Uh, uh, Damian Smoot had a sack. Uh, Jihad Ward had a sack. But all those sacks didn't really lead to anything significant. You you, you know, Trevor Lawrence threw four. Here's my question, and and, and I was gonna kind of parse this along into two different things, but I think I think I can uh, make it all in one thing. Okay. Is this the the way this game is, and the way Trevor Lawrence played? Is it because he's finding out that being an NFL quarterback is more pressure than he's used to? Because he he won. He was nothing but a winner throughout high school and college and all that shit. And then he ends up coming to the NFL, and he has some of the worst statistics of any rookie quarterback. And a lot of that, people are saying, is being blamed on Urban Meyer as the head coach. And there are many people in the media, many people on these talking head shows, who are who who believe that Urban Meyer should be fired the very second of the last game of the year? Um, how are you? First of all, what are your thoughts on the game? And secondly, your thoughts on Urban Meyer being the coach of this team that has not been doing well at all? So, <sighs> let me try to put put this into reasonable words okay it it's it's not trevor lawrence i don't think okay um and the reason i say that is because if you look at his statistics they're not terrible until you look at his interceptions 
right? Right. Um, his his interceptions. He is is his nine touchdowns to fourteen interceptions. But the problem I think is is the scheming of the plays and the fact that Jacksonville doesn't have any really good players like uh, aside from Trevor Lawrence like I, I think if you if, I think if Trevor Lawrence had, had went to a different team we would probably see a different um uh, different statistics for him right uh, I, I think if there was a different coach we would probably see different statistics for Trevor Lawrence. I mean, he's he's thrown he's he's passed for almost 3000 yards. Right? Right. But when you don't have anybody to pass to there's the problem. Right. I mean, uh, who who do they have uh let me look at their depth chart real quick. Uh, I think they got like one good. Um, I mean, I would say maybe uh, Marvin Jones is probably their number one. Well, yeah, because DJ Chark is on IR. Yeah. Uh, and so you've got their best players are on IR. Travis Eitney, uh, the the running back from Clemson. Yep. On IR. So they're stuck with James Robinson and Carlos Hyde. Uh, although Carlos Hyde has been getting most of the number one. like They got James Robinson listed as the starting running back. Although Carlos Hyde has kind of been getting a good bit of the number ones. Um, then you got Marvin Jones Jr., Taven Austin, uh, Jaden Mickens, Laquan Treadwell, and Lavishka Chenault. Um, you said it better than I did. <laughs> and I, I would say of of that group, Marvin Jones is probably the better of them. But well, he's, he's no, a, D, but he's right, no but he's, DJ Chark Jr. Right, but I mean he, but he's the veteran of the of the crew. He's been in there since tw- he's been in the league since 2012. You know, and he right. his best season was his first year in Detroit, which exactly. I think was 2016 or something. No, 2015. Uh, and then when, when you look at their defense, they got, mm, I mean, like what three, three, like top tier, uh, starters, uh, in, in Josh Allen, Miles Jack and, uh, Shaquille Griffin, um, so I mean their their defense isn't good and that's what I'm saying like a lot of it is the scheme but a lot of it is that they're a young team with a lot of rookies and I, I just think if they had a a more experienced coach that could scheme a little bit better they wouldn't be 2 and 11 right i mean like what we when we talked about this earlier it's very rare for a coach who's a great college coach to come in and take over a team and be successful. The last one to do that was Pete Carroll, you know? So I was having that conversation today 
Um, with oh, about that. college about college coaches going to the pros. Yes, and, okay. and I can only think of one that has done it and been like successful, and that's Pete Carroll. Right. Um, you know, I mean, arguably the greatest college football coach there is is Nick Saban. He couldn't cut it in the NFL. Right. Right. Uh, well, Bill O'Brien, he he was a good coach at Penn State, but when he went to the NFL, he couldn't get above par. I mean, right. it, it was like nine and seven, nine and seven, nine and seven, nine and seven. Uh, so, you know, it, uh, when you get down to it, there's, there's distinctly when it, when it comes to football, you've got college and, and you've got pro and everybody's like, you know, Hey, why don't, you know, college football adopt, the pro football rules or why doesn't pro football adopt college football rules? Well, then you wouldn't have this, this parody of, okay, you're looking at it. And like, this guy's a really good college coach. This guy's a really good college football player. Well, that doesn't always translate over into the NFL, right? right? Whether it be players or coaches. Exactly. And if you, <coughs> excuse me, if if every good college player was an equally good NFL player, we would have to have more teams and more roster spots. Exactly, and I think I mean, oh my, my God, I mean, we'd have a sixty. We the NFL would be the next step of college football in a sense because then you'd have to have sixty four teams. Every state would have their own team, or. You'd have Ohio State University College or Ohio State um, Pro Football Team or something like. I mean, I don't know. It, although that would be pretty interesting. It'd be, it'd be like a it'd be like blitz the league almost. But we, we'll get into that discussion a little later. Um, that being said, though, we're gonna jump on to the very next game. Yeah, sorry uh, about my. Uh... No, no, it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. Um, but we are going. You might rain on this one too. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks and the Houston Texans. Seattle pulled off the victory, thirty-three to thirteen. Um, now this game was actually pretty damn close in the first half, man. It was sixteen to thirteen going into the half, and then Seahawks just took it over, scoring seventeen unanswered in this in the second half. Um, Russell Wilson, two hundred sixty yards, two touchdowns. Rashad Penny. Ran all over the field, 137 yards and two touchdowns in this game. Tyler Lockett, five receptions, 142 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Jared Everett with uh, two receptions, 15 yards and a touchdown. DK Metcalf chipped in with 43 yards himself. Um, DJ Reed was the leading tackler at eight. Oh, I'm sorry, I told a lie. Bobby Wagner was a lead tackle with 15 total tackles in this game and a tackle for a loss in this game. Ryan Neal with a tackle for a loss. Uh, Yugo Amadi with a tackle for a loss as well. Um, Daryl Taylor with a sack. Um, you know, so they definitely had, you know, they definitely put up the work on the defense. Uh, as far as the Texans go, Davis Mills uh, got the start, 331 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Rex Burkhead, Royce Freeman, Davis Mills, and Philip Dorsett all combined for a total of 63 yards total for the Houston Texans running game. Um, 
I hit the wrong button. I'm sorry. Um, now, Brendan Cooks had eight receptions, 101 yards, so he was the leading receiver in the game. Nico Collins, five for 69. Um, the only the lone, t- the lone uh, touchdown for as far as receiver goes was uh, Brevin Jordan, four receptions, 26 yards, and a touchdown. Um, Christian Kurtzy with 10 total tackles in this game. Um, Camus Gruyere-Hill with two tackles for a loss in this game on six tackles total. Um I mean, the Texans, it looked like kind of like what we talk about all the time, man. It's the tale of two halves. It looked like it was going to be a dogfight for the first half of the game. And then what happened in the second half? Where did the Houston Texans go in the second half? Man, I, I don't know. I, I, I want to say that, oh, it's, you know, we don't have any good players, but we do. That's the problem. They're just hit or miss. Or uh, whatever in the hell the Texans' front office is doing, I, I, I 100% blame all of our problems, all of the Houston Texans' problems on front office decisions. Um, That's a so nice the, way of saying Cal McNair, ladies and gentlemen. I, I can't say that it's all Cal McNair. Okay. A good bit of it is, but not all of it. Um, I mean, because you got to think, you've got the GM. Um, you know, the, the, the GM, uh, he he makes certain decisions, you know. Uh, and then you got David Culley, the coach. He has his hand in certain decisions and stuff, too. Um, most recently, they, they, they released one of our better defensive players. Okay? Okay. And the Titans pick him up off waivers, which means they got him for nothing. Zero. Zilch. Absolutely nothing. Right? Right. And and the reason behind this was that there was some COVID protocol or something that caused him to be cut. Uh, oh, it, 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 I'm sorry. It's it, they 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 waived Zach Cunningham, right? Who was one of the best uh, defensive players we have. Because he was late. He showed up late for a COVID test. He still got the test. Okay? But he showed up late. Right. Now, I I need somebody to explain to me how that's a fireable offense. When you have guys like Antonio Brown, who falsified... COVID records, right? He had a fake COVID ID. He gets suspended. Now, okay. Suspended for, I think, two or three games. Yeah, I think it was three games is what they said, yeah. Right. Again, nothing. This guy shows up late for his scheduled COVID test. Still gets the test. And the front office was like, well, you were late. You're fired. Like, come on, really? 
Yeah. So so are we trying to win football games or are we just going through the motions and we're playing a uh we're playing a baseball strategy. And what I mean by that is um, in baseball, when, when it comes down to like the trade deadline, teams that know they're not going to make the playoffs start dishing off some of their better players so they can have uh, salary room and uh, spots for players that they're going to draft the next year yeah the key word there is prospects yeah for prospects for the next year because prospects is prospects is more of currency than just money at that point you know because draft capital and prospect capital is a whole lot easier to maintain than, well, you know what? We don't really want to give away our best player, but at the same time, maybe this team who has a better chance of getting to a postseason or whatever, they'll have more money. They can take care of his contract. Therefore, our cap space is taken care of. We can go ahead and move him, and then we can bring in our prospects, and then we can have something for the future. Um, right. You um, know, I, I 100% believe that the Texans have um, – they have given up and decided they're going into full rebuild mode. Uh, and I, as much as I like David Cully, I think he needs to be fired. Uh, okay. Or, or maybe not fired, but he needs to be he let go. You know, if fired is a harsh word, but uh, let's not pick up, you know, the next year of his contract or whatnot. Um, I think we need a, a, a better coach. Uh, we need a, a, I would say probably a more strict coach. Uh, we we need to figure out and and lay out the rules for the players, and they need to know what these rules are in the off season, and, and they need to say, hey, if you're, you know, late for um, X thing, then you're going to be fired, because I don't think that that I, I just don't on any team I don't think showing up late is a fireable offense. Um, especially if you still got the, the stupid fucking test. Anyway, I, I digress. I, I will talk about the, the idiotic rules for the rest of the night. If you let me and we don't have that long. So let's move yeah. on to the next game. Uh, well, the next game is a game where a team got out ahead and they just stayed ahead and there was no chance of this team coming back. The Kansas City Chiefs, apparently they remembered who the hell they were and beat down the Vegas Raiders 48-9. to Let me hit you with the Raider stats first. Now, Derek Carr, 263 and a touchdown, but he did have that interception to the Honey Badger. Uh, Josh Jacobs, only 24 yards rushing. Uh, Trey Ragus with nine Peyton Barber with seven, uh, Dallin Levette with four. Like, I mean, this bad, bad rushing game from the Vegas Raiders all the way around, 44 yards total. Now, I will say Hunter Renfro did have a hell of a game, 13 uh, receptions, 117 yards, and a touchdown. So he definitely came to play. Everybody else, uh, you know, you know, I mean, make sure you know. Josh Jacobs had five receptions for 46 yards. 
Right. Um, but, but yeah, t- t- I mean, yeah. yeah. Hunter Renfro only had – he had the only touchdown. Right. But you got to look at Derek Carr, Zay Jones, Hunter Renfro, and Josh Jacobs all lost fumbles in this game too. Um, mm-hmm. Jonathan Abram had 10 total tackles. Devon Diablo, again – I swear to God, that's a wrestler's name, but I'll, 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 I'll digress. Nine total tackles in this game. Um, uh, you know, uh, Cleveland Farrell did have a um, a sack in this game, along with uh, Yannick uh, Gongal. I, I don't know how to pronounce some of these names, and I do apologize. Um, <laughs> I'm being honest. I, I really am just being honest. But then you go and you look at the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes, 258, two touchdowns. Derek Gore, 66 yards and a touchdown as far as rushing goes, 66 yards rushing and a touchdown. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, 37 yards and two touchdowns. Pat Mahomes also kicked in 20 yards as well. Um, Tyreek Hill, 76 yards receiving. He was the lead receiver in the game. Miko Hartman, 59. Um, Travis Kelsey, only 27 yards, um, but they were getting the ball spread around pretty good. Darrell Williams, uh, 331 and uh, had a touchdown in this game as well. Uh, now, as far as forced fumbles go, Alex Okafor had a forced fumble. Jaron Reed had a forced fumble. Mike Mike Hughes had two forced fumbles in this game. And <laughs> Honey Badger had a fumble recovery. Um, Amari Watts had a, had a fumble recovery. Mike Hughes, not only did he have a fumble recovery, not only did he force a fumble, force two of them, he recovered one of them. Uh, Juan Thornhill also recovered a fumble. I mean, they just ate him up. Honey Badger had the interception for six, six yards, bring it back. Mike Hughes was also their leading uh, defensive player in total in terms of tackles with nine total tackles in this game. Um, and Alex Okafor had one and a half sacks, um, along with Melvin Ingram having a half sack. Frank Clark, Chris Jones also. Um, so are the Kansas City Chiefs back? <laughs> That's my question. Um, I don't know. I think it's still too early to tell. Because okay. they've, they've been they, – they've not been good. They've been kind of pedestrian. Um, but – they they seem to be on the uptick, and they're getting that uptick. I think in the right at the right time. Right, yeah, um, um, they're definitely getting at the right time. Definitely building momentum. Yeah. Now, I, I do want to say one thing. Um, okay. In this game, there was a gentleman who caught who who scored his first touchdown in two years. Josh Gordon, man, it's good to see him back on the field. I hope that, um, you know, everything stays looking good for him uh, and everything. Yeah. He definitely did. He, he been, he'd been through a lot of demons, and uh, good yep. to see him definitely back on the field. Uh, um, now, he only had two receptions for nine yards, but but he did score a touchdown. He was only targeted three times. So, right. you know, yeah, he, you, you got that. Yeah, definitely. Um, and yeah, Kansas City and Oakland. Um, Oakland. Wow, Vegas. They 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 look like they're going to be fighting for a playoff spot. The AFC, as far as them wild card spots, we'll get into that when we talk about the playoff picture here in a little bit. Um, but let's jump on to the next game right now: the New Orleans Saints and the New York Jets. Um, New Orleans came in, beat them thirty to nine in this game. It really wasn't much of a contest. I mean, it kind of looked like it was going to be a contest at the half, it being ten to six, and then New Orleans was like, "Nah, we're just going to go ahead and take this game over." Um, 
uh, Taysom Hill, 175 yards passing. Alvin Kamara, welcome back, my friend. 120 yards on the ground and a touchdown. Taysom Hill also ran 73 yards and had two touchdowns on the ground. Um, excuse me. Whew, I got a burp. Uh, Nick Verrett with 44 yards of receiving. Uh, Marquise Callaway with 34. Uh, Trey Quan Smith with 33. Alvin Kamara also pitched in with 25 as well. Um, Taysom Hill did lose, did did fumble the ball twice, but he did get, they did recover it so that he didn't lose anything. Um, Demario Davis had was the leading tackle with eight total tackles. Uh, Quan Alexander four tackles but two sacks in the game. Uh, Carl Grandison also had a sack in this game, um, and of course Brett Meyer went three for three uh, in the game as far as field goals go. And then you look over at the Jets, Zach Wilson, 202 yards, no interceptions, but he didn't, he didn't score a touchdown either. Um, right. And he, right. but he, and so it very similar to Taysom Hill. I mean, Taysom very, had, very, had 175, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Right. Uh, he, he was also the lead rusher at 33. Uh, LaMichael uh, Perrine, 28 yards rushing on, in this game. Uh, Braxton Burroughs from the U. Um, six receptions, 52 yards was the leading receiver. Ty Johnson with 40 yards receiving, uh, DJ Montgomery, 36. Um, so they definitely, you know, try to get there. CJ Mosley with 17 total tackles in this game. Beaston, um, Shaq Lawson and Ashton Davis shared a sack. Um, you know, but I mean, let's, let's face it. I mean, it was, it was, it was too, I'm not going to say New Orleans is a bad team, but they're not a good team. Now, we all know the Jets are not a good team right now. They're 3-10 and 10 on the year. Right. But New Orleans New Orleans is one of those teams that's very hit and miss a lot of times. It's like the, it's like a crapshoot every time you see New Orleans play. Um, what did you? It's like they beat the teams that they should beat, and they lose to the teams that they should lose to almost. You know what I mean? Um. Yeah, I, I just think they they're, they're having an identity crisis right now. The Saints. Oh are. yeah, yeah. Um, Which I think Jameis Winston going down had a lot to do with it. Oh know? yeah. If Jameis Winston was healthy, who's to say that they wouldn't be? I don't know, eight and five right now, maybe even nine and four. I mean, who knows how right. their record would look right now? Yeah, we we don't know. So I, I just think the Saints are having an identity crisis. Uh, the Jets are. The Jets. I, I I don't know how else to say that they're bad, right? And you they know, and been bad. That's yeah. The they've been bad, and that I mean they put all their eggs in one basket with the rookie quarterback. Um, even though they but do this have isn't even the first time, right? It is. It's not the first time. Um, but like like what we said, you know, um, the the Jets are horrible right now and New Orleans is kind of back and forth. So I mean, the team that should have won this game did win this game. So that's where I'll leave it at that. Right. Um so the next game we'll talk about, oh yeah, and fuck the Jets. Um so the next game we're going to talk about is the Atlanta Falcons and the Carolina Panthers, the NFC South rivalry. You know, these guys are always going to have a good, you know, rivalry, always a good game. And this game was pretty good. <coughs> Excuse me. At the first half, 29 to 21, the Falcons did pick up the victory in this game. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, we'll kick it off with Atlanta. Uh, Matt Ryan only threw for 190 yards, but he did pick up a touchdown. Cordero Patterson ran for 58 yards and got a touchdown. Mike Davis added an additional 44 yards to that as well. Uh, Russell Gage, who I think Russell Gage has stepped up tremendously uh, since uh, since Julio got traded and uh, Calvin Ridley decided to step away from the game for for the, for the time being due to his mental health issues. And again, Calvin, we're praying for you, my friend. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, uh, Russell Gage, man, you know, 64 yards um, leading the team. Kyle Pitts stepping up as well. Um, the fourth overall pick out of this past year's draft with five receptions, 61 yards. Mike Davis also stepping in with 42 yards as well. Uh, now, uh, Quandre Olsen did fumble a ball in this game, so that almost came back to bite him. Uh, but A.J. Terrell and uh, Michael Walker both with interceptions. Michael Walker brought that one back 66 yards. So that one was definitely a uh, a, uh, a big to-do in this game. Uh, Deion Jones, six total tackles in this game, led the team. Uh, Brandon Copeland, four tackles, but he had two sacks for a loss. Dante Fowler Jr. with a sack in this game. Our boy Young Hoku. Three for three as far as field goals is concerned. And then you look at the Panthers, and oh boy. <laughs> Cam Newton, 178 yards and an interception. P.J. Walker comes into the game, 75 yards, but he had a touchdown, but he also had an interception. Um, uh, then Cam Newton did also run for 47 yards and had a touchdown. Uh, Chubba Hubbard, again, another great name in the NFL, uh, 33 yards rushing and a touchdown on top of that. Robbie Anderson kicked in, seven receptions, 84 yards receiving and a touchdown. DJ Moore also had 84 yards receiving as well. Um, and then Brandon um, Ziesta, I don't know if that's how it's pronounced, uh, four for 45 in this game. Um, now, Cam Newton did lose the ball, uh, did fumble the ball twice and lost it once. PJ Walker also had a fumble in this game, but he also but he recovered. Uh, and, um, you know, uh, Shaq Thompson, 11 total tackles. Jeremy Chin with uh, 13 total tackles in this game, uh, doing the best that they could. This this game, I can honestly say this game was one of the games of the week for me because it was such a dogfight between these two teams. Um, anytime the Falcons play the Panthers, it's always a good game. Um, so what was your thoughts on this game, especially with the Falcons picking up the victory? Um. It was it was better than I expected it to be. Right. Just to be honest. Uh I did pick Atlanta to, to win this game. Um I, I just thought that they've been on more of an uptick than Carolina has. Um of course. So Right. Uh but I mean other than that there's not really much else to say. I mean, it, it was better than I expected. I'm happy right. the team that I picked won. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right, so we'll move to another game. Um, my son was upset about this one. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens and the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland pulled off the win. Uh, Baltimore did try to make a comeback, though, but in the end, Cleveland did win the game 24-22. to uh, Just hit you guys with the stats now. Uh, uh Tyler Huntley with 270 yards. This is talking for the Ravens first, I'm sorry. Uh, 270 yards and a touchdown. Lamar Jackson came in, was 4 for 4 for 17. Um, Devontae Freeman ran for 64 yards, uh, and Taylor Huntley also added 45 yards onto that. Um, Latavius Murray, one carry, one yard, one touchdown. You know, he got his paycheck. Right. Um, Mark Andrews, tight end Mark Andrews, came out and just beasted 11 for 115 and a touchdown. Uh, Rashad Bateman also seven receptions, 103 yards in this game. Um, and also Hollywood Brown had five receptions for 41 yards. Um, now, Tyler Huntley did lose the ball twice in this game. Um, and uh, that definitely hurt him in the long run. Uh, Anthony Everett uh, with an interception in this game. Um, Brandon Stevens with eight total tackles in this game, led the team with tackles. Um, no sacks to speak of whatsoever for this team. 
um, in the, for this defense. And, of course, Justin Tucker going three for three and field goals. And then you look at the Cleveland Browns and Baker Mayfield, not a big game, 190 yards, but he did have the two touchdowns, but he did, like we told, we said earlier, did have the interception. Uh, between Nick Chubb, Dearness Johnson, Baker Mayfield, and Kareem Hunt, this team ran for a total of 100 yards, period. Uh, so they definitely got their 100-yard game in. Um, and then you look at the receiving core, uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, with a ninety with ninety yards receiving, he was the lead receiver. Uh, Jarvis Landry, forty one yards and a touchdown. Austin Hooper, thirty yards and a touchdown in this game, um, and uh, they definitely did. Miles Garrett had a forced fumble in this game. Uh, Takarius McKinley had a forced fumble in this game. Um, uh, Grant the uh, Del Pip with 11 total tackles, 11 solo tackles in this game. That was that's impressive. Uh, Greedy Williams with six. Um, as far as sacks go, Miles Garrett, uh, McKinley also had a sack in this game. John Johnson had half a sack. I think he shared the half a sack with Jadavion Clowney. Good to see him back in a good role again uh, with one and a half sacks in this game. Um, and I think it was a good win. I think it was a win that Cleveland definitely needed. Um, and I think it – honestly, I think Baltimore kind of let this game go in the second half because it was 24-6. to six. You know, um, going into I'm sorry. Let me let me rephrase that. I apologize. It was 24 to six going into the half, and then it it was almost a situation of what it was because Cleveland could have easily let this game slip through its fingers, and then Baltimore scored 16 unanswered. Unfortunately, it wasn't enough to win the game. How did you feel about this game overall? Man, it's 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 weird. Okay, okay. This this whole. This whole division <laughs> is weird. North, yes. Uh, and and what I what I mean by that is, you have last week. You have Baltimore. They come out and they beat the dog crap out of Pittsburgh. Okay, right. Then. They can't beat Cleveland, but right. Cl- Cleveland isn't a good team. Then they are a good team. Cincinnati, not a good team. And then they are a good team. It's <laughs> like, look, this is the most uh, bipolar division in the history of the NFL. I, 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 I t- sitting here today, I could not tell you. Who's going to win this division right now? Baltimore sitting at eight and five, Cleveland's at seven and six, Cincinnati's at seven and six, and Pittsburgh is at six and six. Yeah, and dude, it can go either. (laughs) Any one of these teams could win. Yeah, I, I mean, let me see something. This this division, I think this division is going to be won in the last week of the year. Week eighteen is going to be the, the the deciding factor for this division. Baltimore, they have left on their schedule the Packers, mm-hmm. the Bengals, right, the Rams, and the Steelers. Yeah, okay. The Steelers have remaining the Raiders. 
I'm sorry, the Browns have remaining the Raiders, the Packers, the Steelers, the Bengals. Okay. Okay. The Bengals have the Broncos, the Ravens, the Chiefs, the Browns. Mm-hmm. And the Steelers have the Titans, the Chiefs, the Browns, and the Ravens. In in I list them off to list that they could all end up with damn near the same record and they're going to have to flip a coin or something to see who's going to make it out of this division as the winner. Yeah, I think it's going to, yeah. <laughs> I, I'll say this though, whoever wins this division, you ain't going to have to worry about anybody else out of, coming out of your division. Uh, because I'm think I'm pretty sure there's other divisions who are getting better, you know. Um, yeah, I don't think we're even, having two. Even, I don't think we're gonna have two players come out of the AFC or two teams come out of the AFC North. No, I don't think so either. I, it's gonna I be interesting be to see wrong. which one. Right? I mean, stranger shits happen. I, I don't know. I feel like it's gonna be a very very interesting take. Um, that being said, though, let's move on because we'll, we'll get we'll get into that here in a little bit. Playoff picture and stuff. Uh, let's yeah. move on to the next game. Uh, this game was a game where we kind of knew where it was going. I'm actually shocked that the team that lost put up the points that they did. The Los Angeles Chargers beat the New York Giants 37 to 21 in this game. Um, just simply go by the uh, statistics. We'll start with the Giants. Mike Glennon made a start in this game. Haven't heard that name in a minute. Um, one one ninety one, two touchdowns and an interception in this game. Uh, uh, Saquon Barkley with sixty four yards total. Uh, Devontae Booker with fifty six yards total rushing in this game. Mike Glennon did rush for seven yards, his only attempt of the game, and did that, and that led to a touchdown. Uh, Kyle Rudolph with sixty six yards as he was the leading leading receiver in yardage. Uh, Saquon Barkley also had 30, 31 yards and a touchdown receiving. Uh, Mike Glennon did lose a fumble in this game, so that definitely hurt him. Uh, Aaron Robinson with nine total tackles, along with Logan Ryan, nine total tackles. Um, uh, Dexter Lawrence with a sack. Aziz Ajoliai had a sack as well. Um, no kicks whatsoever from him. Um, and then you look at the Chargers. Justin Herbert did Justin Herbert things that we're accustomed to. 275 yards and three touchdowns. Austin Eckler ran for 67 yards and a touchdown along with Justin Jackson's 35, Josh Kelly's 33. Justin Herbert also added on uh, 15, I'm sorry, 19 yards as well. Um, uh, Jalen Guyton, I'm sorry, was the uh, leading receiver at 87 yards, had a touchdown. Josh Palmer, 66 yards and a touchdown. Mike Williams kicked in 61 yards. Um, you know, spread the ball around to many different receivers in this case. Joey Boza with a forced fumble in this game. Um, Nick Naiman with the uh, lone interception for the Chargers in this game. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, Kaiser White, 10 total tackles in this game. Uh, Justin Jones also had a sack in this game as well, along with Joey Bosa with a sack uh, as well. And Dustin Hopkins, uh, three for three as far as field goals go. Um, this game was typical Chargers. It was a typical game. A, a team that's somewhere in that mix versus a team that's nowhere near the mix, possibly a high draft pick team, which we all we already know they are going to be a high draft pick team just based on their record. Um, how'd you feel about this game? Uh, I mean, 
this is going to sound real shitty. I didn't care. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, it's it's the Giants. Uh, sorry, Lumpy, I know you're a fan. But uh, I, I'm, I'm not a I'm not a Giants fan. I I, I don't think that the Chargers are um, as as good as they seem to be. Uh, if that makes sense, like they they look but better not as good as they, their record says they are. Right. Uh, whereas there are other teams that I think are better than what their record says they are. Uh, so, I mean, I watched the highlights, um, but the, I mean, the giants are bad. The chargers did what they should have done, uh, in winning, but I mean, they should have, I, I really feel like they should have won by more, but you know I mean? It, it was a game. Right. Exactly. Uh, so with that, we're going to move on to the next game. The, the Denver Broncos and the Detroit lions, Denver wins 38 to 10, but let's be completely honest. This game was not about the final score. In a sense, yeah, it was about the final score. But it's not like the it's not like the Lions are in playoff contention right now or anything. Um, this game was for those of you who you, everyone should know by now uh, the tragic passing of um, uh, Demarius why, Thomas. Demarius Thomas. Thank you. I don't know why the hell I was thinking of somebody else. Demarius Thomas dead at the age of uh, thirty three. Um, and uh, they did a, a very special tribute for him at the beginning. They they took the field with only ten men at the start of the game, um, and let and took the, the the delay of the game penalty, in which Detroit declined the penalty, and then they continued with the game. So, um, our, again, our thoughts and prayers also go out to the family of the, of uh, Demarius Thomas um, and uh, everyone who has been affected by this tragedy. Um, you know, rest in peace. You know, hope we'll see you on the other side. But as far as the game itself is concerned, Jared Goff uh, for the Lions, 215 yards and a touchdown, uh, had an interception. Uh, Craig Reynolds ran for 83 yards. Uh, Goodwin Agawakbe, I want to say that's how it's pronounced. Um, sure. Uh, yeah, uh, 25 yards rushing in this game. Uh, as far as receiving goes, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, eight receptions, 73 yards. Uh, Josh Reynolds kicked in 52 yards. Uh, Khalif Raymond with 31 yards and a touchdown in this game. Um, uh, Aguibach, I think is how it's pronounced, had a had a loss had a uh, lost fumble in this game. Josh Woods did do his best as far as the defense go. 13 total tackles. He led the team in tackles um, by a large margin um, and two uh, tackles for a loss in this game. Uh, Alman McNeil was the only sack in this game for the uh, Detroit Lions. Moving over to the Denver Broncos, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, 179 and two touchdowns. Melvin Gordon ran all over the field, 111 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Javante Williams ran for an additional 73 yards and a touchdown as well. Um, Noah Font with 51 yards. He was the uh, lead. He was the leading um, uh, receiver for this game. Jerry Judy had sit, had 47. Um, Albert Okawabe was uh, 41 and a touchdown. Uh, Javante Williams also had 10 uh, receiving yards and a touchdown as well. Um, and Cortland Sutton only had one catch for nine yards in this game, which is like, you got to get him more involved with your offense. Um, Justin Simmons with the interception in this game, uh, for the team, he also was their leading tackle with six total tackles in this game. Um, DeMont Jones with two sacks and three tackles for a loss in this game. A game that I personally think this game was more about, 
Demarius than it was the actual outcome of the game. But I think that them playing for Demarius elevated them to play harder in this game. And I think Detroit knew that as well. Um, you know, cause they did, they knew like, it was almost as if like, we're taking this field almost out of a, almost out of like a common courtesy to the sense like, okay, like this team's motivated, but we have to win this game. And sometimes motivation can lead you a long way, you know? And, uh, how, what are your thoughts about this game total? Uh, I mean, what happened, what, what should have happened, happened. Right. <laughs> Yeah, that's the nicest way you can say it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I, I wish I could be more in-depth, but, I mean, let's be honest, what should have happened, happened. Right. There's these uh, There you go. Um, so the next game we're going to talk about is another game that was very, very close, went into overtime, in fact, and the San Francisco 49ers defeated the Cincinnati Bengals 26 to 23 in overtime. Uh, both teams now sit at seven and six on the year. So, first of all, we'll check out the 49ers statistics. Jimmy G, 296 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Jeff Wilson ran for 56 yards. Uh, Debo Samuel, I make sure I, di- I don't say uh, Dabo Sweeney this week. Uh, <laughs> Debo Samuel uh, ran for uh, 37 yards and a touchdown. George Kittle, Kittle, where you been, man? Good to have you back. 13 receptions, 151 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Brandon Alyuk with uh, six receptions, 62 yards, and a touchdown in this game. Um, Jimmy G and uh, Jawan Jennings had fumbles in this game, but they did get recovered. Uh, Samuel Ibakum with the forced fumble in this game as well. Um, Aziz Alshir with uh, 11 total tackles in this game and, and a sack, three tackles, four loss. Kawan Williams with seven total tackles, a sack, and a tackle for a loss in this game. Nick Boza, I don't know what it is, man. There's something in the, in the Boza household that just makes you a beast. Nick Boza had three total tackles, but two were sacks, two uh, t- tackles for a loss. And Samuel uh, Ibakum and uh, Arden Key shared a sack with each other. Um, and... Uh, that was, I mean, they, they definitely showed up to play. Now, as far as the Cincinnati Bengals go, Burrow, I, I can't take nothing away from Joe Burrow, man. He played his heart out, man. 348 yards and two touchdowns. Joe Mixon ran for 58 yards. Um, uh, Samjai Perrine, I want to say that's how it's pronounced, only had 11 total rushing yards in this game. Um, T. Higgins again went off, five receptions, 114 yards. Uh, Jamar Chase, once again, making, a, making that case for rookie of the year. Five receptions, 77 yards, and two touchdowns on the day. Uh, C.J. Uh, uh, Uzma with 56 yards. Tyler Boyd with 55 yards receiving. Um, but Darius Phillips did fumble the ball twice, lost it both times. Um, and all, but but all, but you know the defense did do a good job. Shout out to my buddy Von Bell, Ridgeland High alum. Uh, forced fumble, also had two passers passes defending this game. Ten total tackles leading the team. Uh, for this particular game, Jesse Bates also kicked in with nine total tackles. DJ Reader, Allen Ogunjabi, and BJ Hill all with sacks in this game, uh, along with Trey Hendrickson also with a sack in this game. So they did show up to play. However, Evan McPherson, three for four in field goal. So that missed field goal could have been the difference between 
the, the Cincinnati Bengals winning this game and them going into overtime. Exactly. And, and of course, in the overtime period, the Bengals kicked the field goal, but then Jimmy G passed a short one to um, uh, Alyuk, uh, which pushed him to the to push him to the eleven yard line. Uh, now the replay official did review it because they thought the ball was it, it was an out of bounds ruling, and the play was reversed. Jimmy G passed a short pass to him which, for twelve yards that made the touchdown. Um, so it was definitely a game that I thought was very very good, um, and. Uh, I think that I mean I think this game qualifies in I think it's a candidate for game of the week. What about you? Uh, it, uh so it was definitely one of those games where I watched and was like thoroughly entertained by it. Right. Uh, I not not that I you know I care either way. I'm not a Bengals fan. I'm not a 49ers fan. I right. um I did pick the uh the Bengals to win this one so I was a little upset that that they didn't win however after a performance like that and and how um oh excuse me how hard both teams played and fought I, you can't be upset you know no yeah and both uh, and both teams are sitting right there in that that middle tier almost right. Like both one sitting at seven and six. Right. So, you know, um, but here's the thing. If this was the, if this was the 1940s and you see the 49ers and the Bengals, you get a little bit excited because those were the teams that were, you know, like one of the bigger teams back then, you know, cause you had Boomer on Boomer Osiris on one side, you had, you know, Joe Montana on the other side, you know, you know, two quarterbacks going back and forth with each other um, back in the 80s, you know, which that's that's, that's right. a rivalry that people don't talk about too much. That being right. said, though, let's move on to the next game. Another game that has that is, you know, there for game of the week. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Buffalo Bills. This game game, this game also went into overtime with the Buccaneers pulling off the victory 33 to 27. Uh, we'll kick it off with the Bills first. Josh Allen, 308 yards, two touchdowns, and interception. Josh Allen also ran for 109 yards and a touchdown. So he was putting in that double work. Um, but then – and Devin Singletary did kick him with 52 yards as well. <clears throat> Excuse me. Stephon Diggs, seven receptions, 74 yards. Cole Beasley, nine receptions, 64 yards. Dawson Knox, seven receptions, 60 yards and a touchdown. Gabriel Davis, 43 yards and a touchdown. Um you know, going on the field, uh, uh, Maka Hyde with eight total tackles, Jordan Pryor with eight with ten total tackles, um, Matt uh, Milano with a sack, Eli uh, Anku with a sack. You know, really doing the best they can with it. But six empty possessions. Um, uh, Matt Heike, uh, uh punted the ball six times in this game uh, for the Bills. And then you look over on the Buccaneers side, Tom Brady doing Tom Brady things. 363 yards, two touchdowns. Leonard Fournette ran for 113 yards and a touchdown. Tom Brady even had a little bit of a run himself going 16 yards total and a touchdown rushing. Uh, Chris Godwin went off 10 receptions, 105 yards. Mike Evans, six for 91 with a touchdown. Um, Rob Gronkowski he had his had his numbers, five for 62. Uh, Brashad uh uh, Perryman with only one reception, but it was a 58-yarder for a touchdown. Um, and then Richard Sherman, hey, a rare Richard Sherman sighting. Where you been? Interception in this game. Levante David had nine total tackles. Antoine Whitfield Jr. had nine total tackles. Uh, Devin White once again went off. Ten total tackles and a, and a sack and a half. 
Uh, also, uh, Shaq Barrett, three total tackles, but he had a sack and a half as well. So between – it was three total tackles between Devin White and Shaq Barrett. They both got one apiece, and then they shared one. Um, and, of course, Ryan Suckup hitting two field goals to make it, you know, uh, going, into, going into overtime and stuff. How did you feel about this game in particular? Okay, so this game is exactly what I thought it was going to be from the get-go. It was a dogfight. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was a dogfight uh, to the point that you you kind of almost seen Tom Brady get into a scuffle, which doesn't yeah. happen very often. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I was like, okay, so Tom Brady has come to play. Like, you, you've seen him get a little upset here or there. Uh, he'll throw the ball down and like little pouty things and get in the ref's face like that shouldn't have happened and stuff like that but i can't remember seeing him go at another player like that before right and it's like it's like okay this is like like tom brady has turned into a bulldog he has man i think skip bayless calls him psycho tom when he gets in that zone well you know what i like it yeah, yeah. I, 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 I mean, need I need more of that Tom Brady on a weekly basis, and I get <laughs> it. You you can't do that all the time, otherwise, you know you you're gonna be fighting everybody. But right. but you know at least show us that. All right, yeah, we we all know you're you're the goat, right? But I mean, man, come out and show us that you're really here to play and, and everything. And I I, I mean. I, Again, I'm here for it. I like it. I need I need to see more games like this uh, across the board, not just from Tom Brady. I need to see more games like this across the board. I want dog fights every week. Yeah, give us some of that 80s and early 90s football that we clamor for. Two quick things real quick that I want to talk about, and it pertains to Tom Brady and the Buffalo Bills. First one. Tom Brady is 33-3 and in his career versus the Buffalo Bills. The most wins by any quarterback versus a single opponent since, the, since at least 1950. Okay? That being said, here's another interesting thing about Tom Brady and the Buffalo Bills. Tom Brady has surpassed Hall of Famer Brett Favre for the most passing yards versus a single opponent in NFL history. Now, Brett Favre... Playing in Green Bay, he played against the Lions a lot. Brett Favre, in his entire career, while playing against Detroit, threw 8,954 yards against Detroit, against Detroit over his career. Oh, wow. Tom, Brady, Tom Brady has surpassed that mark and has thrown 9,032 yards against a Buffalo Bills team. So, in other words, Tom Brady owns your ass pretty much. Right. When it, when it, if if it's if it's Tom Brady, I don't give a damn what team Tom Brady's playing for. If he's going up against the Bills, there's a good chance Tom Brady's going to win that. Tom Brady's going to lead that team to victory against the Bills. I mean, uh-huh. it's, 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 it's statistics, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going by statistics. That being said, though, let's move on ahead to the Sunday night main event. Now, don't ask me why I did that. Just go with it. Um, so <laughs> just go with it. The Green Bay Packers and the Chicago Bears again. Another two rivals that hate each other. Aaron Rodgers already told <laughs> told the Chicago Bears earlier early this year he had that run in 
and this was right after um, he came back from the um, from the uh, the COVID protocol and all that sort of stuff. He came back first first game back. He comes back in. He he scores a touchdown. He runs a ball in, and he looks right at the sense. Uh, I'm sorry, the the Chicago Bears fans, and he just says four simple words: "I fucking own you." And it's like, yeah, you yeah you probably do, but. This game, especially in the first half, was very close. Now, the Packers did win this game 45-30, to 30, so it wasn't like the Packers just creamed them. I mean, it was a close game. But let's break down the statistics real quick. The Chicago Bears, Justin Fields, 224 yards, two touchdowns, but he threw two interceptions. He also ran for 74 yards in this game. Uh, David Montgomery ran for 42. Um, now, in terms of receiving yards, uh, uh, Damian – Demeray? I want to say that's how it's pronounced. Demeray? Sure. Uh, you got it. Uh, yeah. Demeray Boy uh, Bird with uh, 72, 76 total re- total uh, receiving yards and a touchdown. Uh, Jaquin Grant, one reception, 46 yards and a touchdown as well. Um, now, Justin Fields did lose a fumble in this game, so that did hurt him. Um, Eddie Jackson with nine total tackles. Artie Burns with nine total tackles. Uh, Tayshawn Gibson with, again, eight total tackles. Robert Quinn, dude, I'm telling you, man, Robert Quinn does not get enough credit for being a damn good def- uh, defensive lineman, man. Again, two more tackles. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, two tackles, but two sacks and two tackles for a loss in this game. And also, uh, Travis Gibson also with a sack in this game as well. And uh, Carl Santos with three field goals in this game. Uh, but then you look over at the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers, man, I mean, what can you say, dude? 341 yards and four touchdowns in this game. A.J. Dillon ran all over the field, 71 yards. Aaron Jones, good to see him back in the lineup. Ran for five. Um, ran, ran, I'm sorry, ran five times for 35 yards and had a uh, touchdown as well. Dude, how can we not say Devontae Adams is not one of the best, if not the best wide receiver? 10, 10 receptions, 121 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, Alan Lazard with six receptions, 75 yards, and a touchdown. Aaron Jones also kicked in with 30 receiving yards and a touchdown as well. Mercedes Lewis with 51. Um, you know, uh, just just in, incredible. Um, Rajul Douglas, I want to say I'm pronouncing that name correctly. Interception, ran it back 55 yards. Um, uh, Chandon Sullivan also had an interception in this game as well. I mean, my God. Uh, Devondre Campbell, dude, 16 total tackles in this game was all over the field. Uh, Preston Smith, uh, four tackles, but two sacks, a a forced fumble and a, and a tackle for a loss in this game. It was one of them. It was one of those games where it was Aaron Rodgers doing what Aaron Rodgers does against the team that he literally is. Uh, damn near unbeatable against, you know. I mean, Aaron Rodgers has tied Hall of Famer Brett Favre for the third most seasons with 10 um, uh, quarterback wins since the 1970 merger, Uh, and Brett Favre has 10. So, um, and, yeah, I mean, (laughs) the Packers own the Bears at this point. How do you you feel about this one? Again, uh, this was a, a case of what should have happened happened, and yeah. uh, I, I mean, <laughs> the Bears are a, a team that is 
in shambles. They're having an identity crisis. Uh, That's the best I can say. Yeah. Interesting (laughs) note about Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy at four and nine has a losing season for the first time as a, as as the Bears head coach since 2018. Um, I mean, I don't know if they were chanting "fire Nagy" in the stands, um, which of course it was it was in Green Bay, so of course they weren't gonna you know say much. But I, I feel like if he's not. In the hot seat now, he's definitely. If he wasn't in the hot seat at the beginning of the season, he's definitely in the hot seat now, to say the least. Right. So, that being said, though, we're going to move on to the uh, Monday night main event between the Arizona Cardinals and the Los Angeles Rams. This game, again, two teams that wanted it, two teams that want to win badly, a an NFC West showdown. And the Rams pull off the victory, thirty to twenty-three. Um, now we'll kick it off with the Rams. Matthew Stafford, two eighty-seven, um, with three touchdowns in this game. Sony Michelle and Van Jefferson combined ran for 89 yards total. Again, again, Cooper Cup, thirteen receptions, one hundred and twenty-three yards and a touchdown. Odell Beckham Jr., six receptions, seventy-seven yards and a touchdown. Van Jefferson. 58 yards and a touchdown. They did a thing. Leonard Floyd with an interception. Ernest Jones with an interception in this game. Um, Leonard Floyd also had eight total tackles, led the team. Oh, my God. Aaron Donald, again, states his claim as the best defensive lineman in the game. Um, and, I'm, and, this, and that's not a shot at TJ Watt, but I am saying that he's trying to live up to his defensive player of the year. Three sacks, three tackles for a loss, and five tackles in this game. Uh, Greg Gaines also had a sack in this game as well. Um, and uh, Matt Gay, three for three as far as field goals is concerned. And then you look over at the Cardinal statistics and who passing yards. Yeah. Ugh, the two interceptions hurt them. Kyler Murray threw for 383 in this game, zero touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, but he did run for 61 yards on top of that. James Conner, 31 yards rushing with two touchdowns as far as that was the only two touchdowns that they had in the game. Um, A.J. Green did have a good game, seven receptions, 102 yards. James Conner also kicked in nine receptions, 94 yards. Christian Kirk had 84. D-Hop had five for 54. Zach Ertz, 42. Um, and Chandler Jones did force a fumble in this game. You know, so he was, you know, he, he, you know, he had a sack also. Zach Allen had a sack. Jordan Phillips had a sack. So they were definitely, you know, like what we said, it was a dog fight. How did you feel about the Monday Nighter? Uh, again, it, it was a dog fight. It was one of those games that I'm here for. But Ken, this is an honest question. Okay. Since, since adding OBJ, are the Rams that team? I think OBJ brings a different dynamic, you know, because everyone's looking because it's like, oh, I think because Cooper Cup demands the ball from the standpoint that, you know, he's one of them because he's not a, I mean, he's not a, like a, like your normal slot receiver, you know, I mean, he's, he, he is their bona fide number one. There's no doubt about it, but I think adding Odell Beckham Jr. Now that Odell has focus He's definitely like, yeah, I'm, you know, like I understand my, I think Odell Beckham understands his role now, if that makes sense. He understands, all right, Cooper Cup's the guy. 
He's going to get his numbers. I'm going to get him where I fit in, and I'm going to do my best. Because I think he gets along better with Matthew Stafford than he did with, with uh, Baker Mayfield. Um, uh, but then again, I can see that. But then again, the culture in Cleveland right now is still kind of like we, you don't really know what's going to happen in Cleveland from week to week. Depending, they could be great one week, and then they, can, they could suck ass the next week. Exactly. Um, it, you know. Um, but, yeah, I definitely think that the best move was to – you know, for Odell to go to uh, L.A., and I think that it puts them in a different stratosphere, I think. It definitely puts them as one of the top-tier teams in the uh, in the NFC. So that being said, out of all the games we talked about for Week 14, which game which game did you think were games of the week? Um, Rams-Cardinals, Bills-Bucks, 49ers-Bengals, uh, Uh, Cowboys Washington was good. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have to go with those. Yeah. I'm going to go LA, Arizona, uh, Buffalo, Tampa, obviously. Uh, 49ers, Bengals was good. Uh, Baltimore, Cleveland was good. I thought Atlanta, Carolina was good. Um, You know, and if I I thought Pittsburgh, Minnesota was good if that bonehead play by uh, Chase Claypool hadn't happened, but nevertheless. All right. So that being said, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to move on to the power wa- power rankings. There you go. The power <laughs> rankings for – shut up. The power rankings for week 15. Um, we'll go ahead and get our teams out of the way first. The Houston Texans uh, – Chips Houston Texans move up from 32 to 31. Oh, wow. Uh, let me, yeah, I know, right? They put Jacksonville down at the bottom, which makes the most sense. Uh, the Denver Broncos jump from 23 to 22. And the Miami Dolphins jumped from 15 to 14, even though we were on by this week. But you know what? Fuck it. I'll take it. That being said, though, we're going to go to the top 10. You ready for this? Let's do it. At number 10, dropping down three spots, the Buffalo Bills. At number nine, jumping up one spot, the Los Angeles Chargers. At number eight, bumping up one spot, the Indianapolis Colts. At number seven, dropping down one spot, the Dallas Cowboys. At number six, jumping up two spots, the Los Angeles Rams. At number five, dropping down a spot, is the New England Patriots. At number four, bumping up a spot, the Kansas City Chiefs. At number three, bumping down a spot, the Arizona Cardinals. At number two, bumping up a spot, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And number one, the Green Bay Packers. How do you feel about the power rankings this week? Uh, I ain't mad about it. Uh, I, I mean, I wouldn't have the Chargers in my top ten. To be honest with you, I would go. I mean, I, I would who, keep who would every you replace them by. Who would you I would keep everything the. I would I would keep everything the way that it is. Okay. I would put Buffalo at nine, and I would put San Francisco at ten. Okay, I'm not mad at that either. You know, I mean, I, I mean, I know that the Chargers have a better overall record than San Francisco right now, but I think there have been some games where San Francisco's been in it and they lost, and then there's some games with the Chargers where they just get their ass kicked. Like, you know, at least the 49ers make it competitive. There's some games where the Chargers just outright get their get the dog shit beat out of them. It happened with the Ravens. It happened with uh, the Bengals. 
you know, so, you know, but that's what I would, if I had to change anything, I would take the Chargers out, bump Buffalo up and bump the 49ers up. I would still have the Chargers over Tennessee right now um, just because I want to see what Tennessee does when they're not playing against a shitty Jacksonville Jaguars team, if that makes sense. Okay. So that being said, uh, we're going to move on to the playoff picture at this point. Bubba, I will take the NFC if you want to take the AFC. We'll kick it off with the NFC. Now, seven playoff berths are still remaining. Uh, number one is the Green Bay Packers sitting at number one, followed by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Arizona Cardinals, the Dallas Cowboys, the L.A. Rams, the San Francisco 49ers, and the Washington football team. Now, the now the teams on the bubble right now are the Vikings, the Eagles, the, the Falcons, the Saints, the Panthers, the Seahawks, the Giants, and the Bears. The Detroit Lions have officially been eliminated from playoff contention, and as of the results of their record as of right now they are currently the number one uh they they currently have the number one pick in the upcoming 2022 draft um so if the playoffs were to happen today the packers would get the bye week the tampa bay buccaneers would play the washington football team the arizona cardinals would play the san francisco 49ers and the dallas cowboys would play the los angeles rams so that's it for the nfc chip hit them with hit us with the afc all right, in the AFC, we got uh, New England at one, Tennessee at two, Kansas City at three, Baltimore at four, the Chargers at five, the uh, Colts at six, and the Bills at seven, meaning New England would get the bye. Uh, <laughs> oh, how things so much changes but stays the same. I uh, know, right? Damn it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh then, then Buffalo would face Tennessee, Indianapolis would face Kansas City, and the Chargers would face Baltimore. Um, by process of elimination, both the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Houston Texans are the worst teams in the AFC, and I say that because they hold the exact same record with the exact same win percentage. Uh, they are 2-11. and 11. And their win percentage is a point one five four, right? Um, Ended up, yeah. You, so, are you, do you, do you and you're you're using a tankathon to look at the uh, playoff picture. Am I correct? Correct. Okay, because uh, according to uh, NFL.com, it shows that the New York Jets have also been eliminated from playoff contention. Okay, but before I, I mean but, at but, three and ten, I yeah. But let me go ahead and, and say this one thing before we before we move on to week fifteen. I want to point something out here. That the number six team, the the, uh, the Indianapolis Colts are sitting at seven and six. The number seven team, the Buffalo Bills, are at seven and six. The teams that are on the bubble, the Browns, seven and six. The Bengals, seven and six. The Broncos, seven and six. The Steelers, six six and one. The Raiders, six and seven. And the Dolphins still in contention at six and seven. Is it weird that, you know, I mean, it, to me, it's weird in the NFC that the Bears are at four and nine, and they're somehow still in contention for a like a lot of things have to happen. <laughs> Don't get me wrong; a whole bunch of things have to happen. But I mean, I mean, they could essentially but, end the season eight and nine, if right? They go if they go on a streak and win the next four games, right? But that would also, but but 
that's of the, that's of the mindset that the Giants would have to lose a lot, the Seahawks would have to lose a lot, the Panthers, the Saints, the Falcons, the Eagles, and the Vikings. Like, I mean, it would have to take a whole lot of lot of stuff for it to happen. Oh yeah. Um, but but we'll, but chances are, I, I think the Bears are probably going to be the Bears and the Giants look like they're the teams. Really, the Bears, the Giants, the Seahawks, and the Panthers look like they're going to be the teams that are going to get those next uh, uh, draft spots. Um, you know, and, and again, there's a, from like what I said, from six to thirteen in the AFC, the records are so close. It's literally, it's literally a a, a crapshoot at this point. It could be any team going into the postseason. So right. That being said, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to move on to our week, our week fifteen predictions. Uh, Chip, hit me with the first one. All right, we're going to start with our Thursday night game. We got the Kansas City Chiefs and the L.A. Chargers. Um, with the way that they've been playing, the I, I think the Chiefs are going to win this one. Uh, the, I mean, the Chargers—they're they're not. They don't look bad. Uh, again, I think that their record says that they're better than they actually are. Uh, but it also seems like the Chiefs like remembered who they were. And right. uh, I think this is just, you know, another win for uh Kansas City. Right. I do think that they'll keep it close, but I don't think that it's gonna be a uh I don't think it's gonna be a I don't think it's gonna be a massacre. It, it, I, I hope that it's not like Kansas City versus Vegas, but I mean, I still got I still got the Chiefs winning. I just hope that it, that I just hope that the Chargers make the game competitive. Right. That's all. That's um, all I'll say about that. Roger also has the Chiefs winning. Uh, next up, we got the the first of two Saturday games. Yay. Mm-hmm. We usually don't get Saturday games this early in the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I think with the addition of the 17th game, uh, they're, they're giving them to us a little earlier. So this is the first of two. We have um, the, the the Vegas Raiders versus the Cleveland Browns. Um, this is one of those games that it, it, it could go either way. Uh, but I think it's going to go the way of Cleveland. I also got it going the way of Cleveland. I think the Raiders are just still, I think they're going to carry some of that defeat with them into this game. Um, And also the fact that the Browns did, you know, I think they barely squeaked out a win versus Baltimore, but I think that they have the, they have the ability to say like, okay, we can, if, if we got, we can focus on what the chiefs did to them. You know, we could beat the Raiders in the same fashion. We just got to be able to run. Dude, if they could just run the ball, you know, because you got Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, like, I mean, and and Dearness Johnson, like, yeah, you have a three-headed monster in a running game, dude. Like, I mean, I mean, I know people aren't big fans of running back by committee, but you got a damn good one in Cleveland, man. You better utilize that shit. Right. Right. But, yes, Uh-oh. I'm going with Cleveland to win. Okay. Rogers also going with Cleveland. Um, next up is our Saturday night main event. Uh, the New England Patriots versus the Indianapolis Colts. Um, as good as the Colts have been playing, the Patriots have been playing better. And I think the, the Patriots are going to win this one. 
I got to be honest with you. Something's telling me because of how good the, the Colts played against Tampa Bay and the Colts could have easily pulled that game out. I'm going to surprise. I'm going to go with the Colts to win this one. I think okay. it's going to be close. I think it's going to be at least a field goal within, you know. Um, but I also think that there you can't run the ball 50 times and expect that to, you know, Matt Jones – you can't have Matt Jones play a damn Tim Tebow game where he only completes two passes and you think that that's going to work. You know, I, I, um, mean, it, I mean, it, it worked. Don't be wrong. It worked. <laughs> I'm not saying it didn't. But what I am saying is against a team like the Colts, you got to come prepared a little bit more because the Colts do have a good defense. Um, so, yeah, I would say the Colts are going to pull this one out barely, but they're going to pull it out. All right. Uh, Rogers going with New England as well. That's cool. Uh, next up, we got the uh, Carolina Panthers versus the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I think the Buffalo Bills come in and just they're just going to win this one. Uh, it's it's a revenge game. It's it's going to be one of those games where it's like, hey Cam, sorry buddy, you 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 got to eat this one. <laughs> you know, right. um, yeah the yeah Bills going to win this one. Roger also has Buffalo pegged to win this one uh next up we got the arizona cardinals versus the detroit lions um we we all know that detroit is going to start their winning ways and they're going to mollywop arizona and put like everybody on the shelf and run the table mm. bubba you couldn't even convince yourself of that <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> in the Detroit Lions fan dream world, that's what would happen. Uh, right. But, but in reality, Arizona is going to win this one. <laughs> right. Arizona, man. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Rogers also going with Arizona. Yeah, you know me. I had to keep it. Uh, keep Topical. It spicy. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah I got to keep it a little spicy. Uh, there you go. Next up, we have. The Miami Dolphins versus the only team they can't beat in the New York Jets. Um, oh, so, so you got jokes now. <laughs> well, I mean, have they beat the Jets this year? Yeah, they beat them, uh, what was it, 20, 20 to, no, hold on a minute. Let me go back and look real quick so I'm not. D- didn't, oh, no, no, let, no, I'm let, sorry. That was the Jaguars. You're right. They did yeah, beat the Jets. Yeah, So. Yeah. Uh, the Jaguars had it on. Yeah. yeah. Either which way I'm going with Miami to win this one. Yeah. I th- listen, I'll be straight up honest. This is a homer pick. Fuck the Jets. I'm going with Miami. <laughs> Rogers also. I ain't going no shame with in my game whatsoever. <laughs> Rogers that, also. They're the nasty Miami. ass, gaudy green jerseys. That's disgusting. You know, never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, next up, we got the Dallas Cowboys versus the New York Giants. I, uh, I'm going with the Cowboys to win this one. But, but it was our would, It would not surprise me in the least if New York won this one. You see, it would surprise me if New York won this one. I, um, I don't. This is why it won't surprise me. Those okay. teams, Dallas and New York, they always play each other hard. Right, always. Uh and and typically. When it's pretty clear and cut that one team should win, like this one, it's it's pretty cut and dry that the Cowboys 
should win, right? Right. Uh, that's why I'm saying that because when it's when it's usually cut and dry, like this team should win, the other team does. Uh, right. But I'm going with Dallas. Yeah, I'm going with Dallas. Okay, this game kind of reminds me of remember when K- last year when Kansas City was on a roll and it, they looked damn near unstoppable. Then they ran into the Falcons and the Falcons were not a good football team last year, and the Falcons kept it close and almost beat them. Like, and, and, and then the, the Kansas City won fourteen to seven. Right. But a lot of people think that it should have been forty-one to seven because of how dynamic that team was. So yeah, I think that I think the Giants will hold their own against them, but. I just think Dallas is going to pull off the win. Dallas is going to have 10 wins for the first time in a long time. Uh, Rogers also going with Dallas to win this one. Yes. Uh, now, now next up is a game that uh, I, I kind of hinted at earlier. And this one was difficult for me to pick. And I'll explain why. We're talking about the Washington football team and the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay. Okay. Um, If, if if Taylor Heineke starts and Jalen for if if Taylor Heineke starts for Washington and Jalen Hurts starts for Philadelphia, Washington wins this one. Okay. Now, if Gardner Minshew starts for Philadelphia, Philadelphia wins this one. Um. By okay. By all reports, Jalen Hurts is supposed to start this game, so I'm going with Washington to win it. I honestly does that, think does that makes sense to no, you. It, it, it makes sense, and I understand where you're coming from because, it, in 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 the grand scheme of things, I mean, I think that I think that Garner Minshew doesn't get enough respect, in from the sense of how good he was when he played in Jacksonville. Um, and, and Jalen Hurts has been struggling. Now, the thing with Washington is, I, I'm going w- with Washington to win, but, but it's for a different reason other than the quarterback. They have a better defense than the Eagles. 100%. And, and I would feel more comfortable picking Washington to win against the Eagles based on the defense alone if the defense can hold the offense of the Eagles, whether it's Jalen Hurts or Gardner Minshew, you know. Um, now, Taylor Heineke starting, whether he's starting or not starting, game that does bring up a red flag because how much do you, do you trust Kyle Allen? You know, right? But Kyle Allen, I think in this particular situation, Ron Rivera needs to say, "Listen, you don't have to be the reason we win this game. Just don't be the reason we lose this game. Be the quote unquote game manager." unquote, right. for this particular game, you know, let Antonio Gibson run around, let him, let him, let him get some rushing yards. If we do, if we have a strong running game and a good defense, we can win this game. That's what, that's my prediction. And I'm good. That's why I'm going with Washington to win. All right. Uh, Roger also had the caveat um, of if Minshew, if Minshew starts, Philadelphia wins, if Hertz starts, Washington wins, um, and so I put him down as Washington because all the reports are saying that that Hurts starts. So okay, 
right, next up, next up, we got the Tennessee Titans versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, this was a coin flip for me because both teams haven't been playing very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, it landed on Tennessee, so Tennessee's gonna win this game. Um, it's gonna be—I I think it's gonna be close either way, right? Um, so I'll tell you one thing though, man. That old line better start protecting Ben Roethlisberger, man, because Tennessee's defense is hungry, dude, and they want it more. I think Tennessee wants it more than Pittsburgh does right now. The only advantage Pittsburgh has is that they're playing in Pittsburgh. That's the only advantage that they have in this game, and the crowd could be a factor in this game. Um, I think, not to say that the Steelers can't pull off a victory against a good team because they did it against Baltimore, but I will say that the Titans – Everyone believed that the Titans, once Derrick Henry went down, that that season was done, the Titans are done. And here they are sitting at 9-4, and four, possibly 10-4, and four, if they win this game versus Pittsburgh. I got to be honest, man. That Pittsburgh team right now is not a good football team sitting at 6-6-1. Six, six and one. Right. And I believe that if they won, it wouldn't surprise me, but the – And I'm not saying them winning is not impossible, but what I am saying is that the chances of them beating Tennessee right now with Tennessee do they do have a little bit of momentum. I think it's very unlikely to happen. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Titans to win this one. Okay, Rogers also going with Tennessee to win this one. Okay, nope. Next up, we have uh, a game of two absolutely incredibly terrible teams. Uh, the Houston Texans versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, my homer pick is Houston is going to win this, and I'm sticking with that. I'm going to go with the Houston Texans to win simply for one reason one reason only. I okay. know that the Texans have good defensive backs, and I know for a fact that Trevor Lawrence is an interception waiting to happen. So I'm just going to throw it out there like this. Desmond King better have at least three interceptions on this dude. I mean, I'm dead ass. You know, I mean, because Desmond King, who, who did he play where he had all those interceptions when he had two interceptions? Like, haven't had an interception in like three years and he has two of them against, uh, God, what what was that game? Was it Tennessee? It was Where he had Tennessee. those interceptions? Yeah. So I th- I'm thinking that the defense of Houston is better than the offense of, of – uh, I think everybody's offense, everybody's defense is better than Jacksonville's uh, offense right now. Um, that being said, though, yeah, Houston's going to win this one, I think. All right. Rogers also going with Houston to win this one. Um, next up, we got the Cincinnati Bengals versus the Denver Broncos. Um, well, we know he's going Broncos. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah. on, on some real shit. On some real shit, though, I do think that the Bronco, like, I want to say the Bengals, but at the same time, it's like, which Bengals team am I going to get? Am I going to get the good Bengals team? Am I going to get the, the the sorry Bengals team? Which Bengals team am I getting? But at the same time, I can also say the same thing about the Broncos. Which Broncos team am I going to be getting this week as well? Right. Um. You know what? I'm leaning more toward Denver in this situation. It being at home at Mile High, um, yeah, something, something's just something's just telling me, yeah, lean toward the Broncos. So I'm going to go with the Broncos to win this one. Okay, uh, both Roger and I are also going with Denver to win this one. Right. Uh, 
Next up, we got the Atlanta Falcons versus the San Francisco 49ers. Um, I'm, I'm going with the 49ers to win this one. I, I can't make a really good case. I mean, I could probably piece together a case, uh, uh, a not a very airtight case for the Falcons to win this one. I, I just think San Francisco's got the better team. Uh, they're kind of on that uptick, and I think they're going to win. Here's my here's my theory. Right now, right now, San Francisco sitting at the sixth seed right now in the playoffs. Atlanta sitting at ten. If Atlanta wins, and both teams are seven and seven, Atlanta owning the tiebreaker because they just won the game. This whole scenario could flip. You know what I mean? It just depends on how Washington, Minnesota, and Philadelphia do. Which, of course, Philadelphia is playing Washington, so that would kind of, you know, do something in a sense as well. If Atlanta wins, dude, you could possibly see Atlanta maybe at the seventh seed or something, or at least moving up into the upper part of the of the playoff bubble. Um, but I don't know, man. Something, something is it something about San Francisco right now to where it's like, I feel like San Francisco wants it more than Atlanta does. Not to say that Atlanta doesn't want it, but I feel like San Francisco's hungrier now. You know what I mean? Um, So yeah, I'm going to go with San Francisco to win this one. All right. Roger is also going with San Francisco to win this one. Uh, Next up, we got the Seattle Seahawks versus the LA Rams. <laughs> you know, if you'd if you'd have told me about this matchup at the beginning of the year, I've been like, oh man, that's going to be a game of the week candidate. I can't say that about that right now. I know who Seattle is right now, and I know who and I know who who uh, the Rams are right now. The Rams are that team right now, dude. The Rams are pushing for that spot that Arizona has, and if Arizona keeps on playing the way that they're playing, they could possibly lose that spot to which they're not going to do it this week because Arizona is obviously going to beat the Lions. But, you know, it's going to be a dogfight um, for that last spot or for that spot in the, in, in the NFC West. That being said, as much as, you know, I'm still a fan of Russell Wilson. I think he's a good quarterback. Still a big fan of Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. Bobby Wagner, again, in my opinion, is one of the best linebackers in the game. I still don't think it's enough against that high-powered offense of uh, L.A. So I'm going to go with the Rams. All right, uh, I'm going with the Rams, and Roger is going with Seattle. You a fool. I'm sorry. That was out of nowhere. I'm so sorry. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. All right, Mr. T, calm down. Uh, <laughs> next up, we got the Green Bay Packers versus the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, and I'm I, I'm sorry that I have to break my nephew's heart, but Green Bay is winning this game. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I got to break my son's heart. Sorry, buddy. Uh, Green Bay is just on a whole nother level right now, dude. They got the best wide – they got one of the best, if not the best wide receiver in the game right now. Um, their defense has gotten so much better. Now, I will say, if 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 Baltimore has any chance to win this game, they got to rely heavily on their rushing attack from the standpoint that they need to make sure that Lam- 
if Lamar Jackson starts also, because we don't know if it's going to be Hundley or if it's going to be Jackson, we assume it's going to be Jackson because Jackson played a little bit in, in, in the game versus Cleveland. Jackson needs to make sure they establish the run and need to make sure that he's able to make the passes to count when it needs to. And the defense has got to do a good job in cover. I mean, it's, I know it's going to be difficult to cover um, Devontae Adams, but if he gets let loose, man, with Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball, it will be a bad day for Baltimore. Um, so, yeah, I got to go with Green Bay to win it. Sorry, Malachi. Roger is also going with Green Bay to win this one. Next up, we got the New Orleans Saints versus the Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, if Jameis Winston was playing, maybe the Saints would have a uh, a chance. But again, they're having that identity crisis. They don't know. They don't really know who they are right now. Are they a rushing team? Are they a passing team? Are they a dual threat team? Um, we don't know. Uh, and, and I think that Tampa Bay is uh, the better team overall. Mm-hmm. So right. I'm going with Tampa Bay to win this one. I'm going with Tampa Bay to win this game also, but I also think it's going to be a dogfight. I really do. I think that both teams are going to come out swinging. Because um, any NFC, any divisional game is always going to be a fight, regardless of whoever is the team or what the record is. It's the games that you get up for. It's the games that you want that you that you want that you prepare for the most. Because uh, yeah, I mean, other rivalries are cool and stuff like that, but it's like you know, like I want to beat. The, I'll put it to you this way: If I'm the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it's like okay, I want to beat the Bills, I want to beat the Colts, I want to beat this team. But as far as the as far as the Falcons, the Panthers, and the Saints, oh, I want to beat they ass. You see what I'm saying? Like, there's a difference. It's right. like, I'm, okay, I just want to beat this team. I want to fucking kill this team. You know, it's that dynamic within within, within the divisions and the rivalries that are within the divisions. Um, so I think the Saints have that same mindset going into this game. Um, and I don't know. I feel like it's going to be closer than what it should be. I think, but Tampa Bay's still going to come out on top. All right. Rogers also going with Tampa Bay. Uh, and by the way, that was our Sunday night main event, Saints versus Bucks. Right. Uh, and now on to our Monday night main event. We got the Minnesota Vikings versus the Chicago Bears. Uh, no, no, we just had this conversation. The Bears are kind of having an identity crisis. They don't know who they are. Um they're they're not a good team. Then they're an okay team. Um, so, right. uh, Minnesota is very consistent and look very good. Uh, so I'm going with Minnesota to win this one. Absolutely. Um, I think that they'll do a very good, admirable job against the Bears. Um, I got Minnesota picking up the victory also. Although it would not surprise me if the Bears pick up this victory from the standpoint that it is in Chicago. And uh, from what I've seen, I think the weather report came out the other week and that it's going to be – it. there's a possibility of it being a snowy Monday night game. Um, so Bears – you know, where Minnesota has the privilege of playing inside of a dome stadium and they, 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 they play in comfort, as they say. But – 
on Soldier Field and the elements, maybe that element can play into what Chicago does best, you know. Um, but I, I am going to go with the Vikings to win. But if the Bears pull it off, I won't be surprised. Right. All right. Uh, Rogers also going with Minnesota to win this one. Uh, now, uh, we do not have any teams on by this week. No. Nope. Uh, so, in fact, getting... I think that's all the buys. This, I think, I think every every team has played has had their bye week. I think so. I think that's correct. There's only four four games left uh, in in the season, including this week. So, uh, yeah. Uh, we normally talk about this. Uh, what, what? Where are you going for games of the week? Well, I, I think the um, I think pay, I, I, okay. I'll give you three. I yeah. think the Patriots Colts is going to be a good, is going to be a damn good game. Okay. I think that despite the despite the uh, the, the despite their records, I think that the Saints and the Bucks are going to be a good game to look forward to the Sunday night. I think it's going to be closer than you think. Okay. Um. I am looking forward to Washington, Philadelphia, because I want to see how that's going to play out. Okay. Um, and one that's probably not on people's radar. I want to see Cincinnati and Denver. I want to see where that's what, what's going to happen there because both teams have equal records, and they are fighting for those spots, those playoff spots in the in the AFC. And I want to see who's going to come out on top on that. One, you know. Okay. Uh, how about I'll, you? I'm going to throw one more in there for you, uh, and, and and I think just because it's a, a, a rivalry game and uh, both teams are absolutely terrible, uh, I think <laughs> no, 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 honestly, I think the Texans-Jags game is going to be one of those surprise, surprisingly good games. Right. And, of course, okay, Packers-Ravens, obviously, because – if the if the Ravens do pull off the victory, it does change things a lot as far as the power rankings and the dynamic and things of that nature. Um, so yeah, the games are going to be very very interesting this week. Um, as you can see, I'm looking forward to, to a lot of them. Uh, the Thursday, even the Thursday nighter, even if even if you know Kansas City's probably going to wipe the floor with the Chargers, um, it's still going to be fun to watch. I think. I I, I don't think they're going to wipe the floor with them. Uh, no. Yeah, I, I just I don't think they're going to wipe the floor with them. I think they're going to win, but I don't think it's going to be a, a floor wipe. <laughs> right. So That being said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning into this episode of Are You Ready for Some Football? We hope you guys enjoy the games. If you guys have your predictions, you want to let us know, uh, email us your predictions. Uh, check us out on our Movement Radio uh, Facebook fan page. Uh, give us some predictions. If you like our predictions, if you disagree with our opinions, hey, that's what we're for. We're here to entertain you guys, and we love you guys. Uh, that being said, Chip, anything you want to say before we bounce out of here this evening? As always, check out movementradio.us. That is your one-stop shop for all things Movement Radio. Shout out to our good friend Sean Thompson at Thompson Personal Training. Go check his information out on Thompson Personal Training on Facebook. Shout out to Jerry and Jennifer over at the Chronic Conversations podcast. Shout out to Sean and Andrew over at the Warrior Workout Network. Got a lot of cool things coming down the pike for Movement Radio. Uh, a lot of cool things are going on. And once again, thoughts and prayers to the family of uh, Demarius Thomas. Thoughts and prayers go out to the family of Jimmy Rave. 
Uh, we love you guys. We miss you guys. And we will see you on the other side. That being said, again, thank you guys for tuning in this episode of Are You Ready for, for Some Football? And we'll see you guys back here next week. Chip, let's hit him with the outro. Please do not leave without leaving a like, comment, share, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Follow us on all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Check out the YouTube channel and subscribe. Click the bell to get notified of our latest videos. And once again, check out movementradio.us. I am Chip Hazard. And I'm Talon Williams. And this is Movement Radio. God's plan.